Hi gang, it's me again, Dr. Rob, and this is the House Call Doctor's Quick and Dirty Tips for Taking Charge of Your Health. Thanks for inviting me into your digital device. I promise not to break anything. In today's podcast, I'm going to talk about a summer skin condition that can make the season a little less blissful. But before moving on with the good stuff, let me make the lawyers happy. This podcast is for informational purposes only. My goal is to add to your medical knowledge and translate some of the weird medical stuff you hear so that when you do go to the doctor, your visits will be more fruitful. I don't intend to replace your doctor. He or she is the one you should always consult about your own medical condition. Now, that didn't hurt much, did it? The skin problem I'm covering in this podcast is called contact dermatitis. The word dermatitis means something is messed up with the skin. Rashes are sometimes difficult to identify. The only way to diagnose what causes a rash is to look at it and hear the story of how it got there. There is no rash-o-meter that you can put on it and tell you what it is, so it's not uncommon for rashes to be fuddle doctors. When this happens, they usually diagnose it as dermatitis. Now that's cheating, really, because the patient already knows that there's something messed up with their skin, but I'll let you in on a common doctor trick. Using a Latin or Greek word is a really, really good way to sound smart when you don't have a clue. Contact dermatitis is a rash that happens because of contact with certain substances. Fortunately, it's not very hard to identify. The most notorious cause of contact dermatitis is the dreaded poison ivy. Poison ivy, and its partners in crime, poison oak and poison sumac, is a plant that has oil on its leaves. Some people develop an allergy to this oil, which results in the typical poison ivy rash. There are a number of less common substances that can also cause contact dermatitis, including neomycin, one of the ingredients in the antibiotic neosporin, nickel, which is also present in many belt buckles, and something called balsam of Peru. I don't really know what balsam of Peru is, but I advise you to avoid it if you can. Now, contrary to what I learned as a kid, there's no difference between the rash caused by poison ivy and those of poison oak and sumac. The typical rash of contact dermatitis is red, raised, sometimes blistering, and very itchy. It also occurs in crops or patches on the skin rather than as a generalized rash. This is because the rash only happens where the skin has contacted the offending oil. Now that's a really important point when dealing with contact dermatitis. Most people believe it can be spread by scratching and spreading the fluid in the blisters. That's not true. The only way the rash can spread is if the oil from the plants spreads to new parts of the skin. There are several ways for this to happen. Perhaps a person doesn't believe in personal hygiene or has a religious objection to using soap. Soap makes oil dissolve in water and wash down the drain. Soap is your friend. Maybe they enjoy the rash so much that they go back and touch more plants to maximize their fun. More commonly, towels, shirts, coats, and bed linens get some of the oil on them and so spread it to different parts of the body. Watch bands and eyeglasses can also carry the oil. Or maybe Bowser the dog just rolled around in a field of plants and is spreading it when he comes to be petted. But the problem with the rash is that it doesn't show up until 12 to 24 hours after contact. This means that people will repeatedly expose themselves to the oil before they know it and regret it. A lot of exposure can happen in the window of time before the rash shows up. 
You may have noticed that some people could wear underwear made of poison ivy without developing an itch, whereas others get a rash whenever somebody says the words poison ivy. In fact, I probably just gave a rash to several people in my audience. Sorry. That's because it's an allergic reaction. Some people are more allergic than others. Those in the latter group should become experts on what these plants look like. I'll put a link to pictures of them in the show notes. The rash from poison ivy can last several weeks if left untreated, so I do recommend treating it once it comes up. For mild cases, simply putting over-the-counter hydrocortisone cream on it can help it go away. Calamine or Caladryl creams are, are often used, but they're not as effective as cortisone in getting rid of the rash, although they're great for people who like pink spots on their skin. Oral diphenhydramine, also known as Benadryl, will help with the itch and allow sleep. If the rash is widespread or has spread to the face, treatment with an oral steroid like prednisone may be needed. That is generally safe in children and adults if used for short periods, although it can make people act goofy and retain fluid. Like any medication, prednisone should only be used when the benefit outweighs the risk. The biggest benefit of treating poison ivy is sanity. And now for the moment you've been waiting for. Here are my quick and dirty tips on dealing with contact dermatitis. Tip number one. If you get contact dermatitis, wash everything. Towels, sheets, and pillowcases are the biggest culprits of spreading the oil. If your rash is spreading, you are being exposed to the oil somehow. Remember that the rash does not spread by scratching it, although it can get infected by scratching it too much. So wait, does that mean you can't get poison ivy from touching the rash on someone else? Yes, that's exactly what it means. It's not true. It's a myth spread by the CIA in the 1950s. Don't believe it. Tip number two. If you want to look smart, say something in Latin. Tip number three. For mild rashes, use hydrocortisone. Other treatments might help with the itch, but steroid creams will treat the allergic reaction itself. And finally, tip number four. See your doctor for bad rashes or ones that you're not sure about. Rashes to the face or rashes that are widespread may need oral steroids to get better. Also be aware that other rashes such as shingles and even herpes can sometimes look like contact dermatitis. Again, if you're not sure, see your doctor. That's it for today's podcast. Make sure you wash your ears thoroughly after listening. If you have questions you want answered, send them to housecalldoctor at quickanddirtytips.com or call area code 206-337-5895. And if you get the itch, stop by my blog, Musings of a Distractible Mind at distractible.org. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time. Stay healthy. Mm-hmm.